We are, we are telling you all the importance, the beauty, and I mean that word, the absolute beauty of connecting with people. Whether you know them a little, whether they be strangers, people are amazingly gifts that God has given. I will not allow people who are angry, hurt, and grumpy to control my doing the right thing and being kind and loving. And I believe that the more we are gracious, kind, and loving and act like Christ, it breaks down those walls. Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm here with Pete Weary, my dad, and yes, you I'm are. your host, PJ Weary. That's awesome. We get to do this together. Let's do this together. Today we wanted to focus on, uh, and I think this is just a crucial skill for every man at some point. Some jobs need it more than others, obviously. Some family situations need it more than others. But how do you connect or how do you just talk to strangers? Yeah, how to interact with strangers. So um, you said that. I think there's some men out there that would think, I don't really think it's that crucial. I don't want to meet with people and so forth. But one of the greatest statements I've ever heard of uh, or heard um, that was stated by G.K. Chesterton is, people matter. You matter. I matter. It's one of the greatest theological truths out there. And so people matter, and if people matter, you want to know who people are, how you can minister to them, how you can serve them, and you can't do that. You can't impact people and serve people without knowing them. Hmm. And the only way you can know them is to know who they are, know their journey, what makes them tick, their backgrounds, their fears, their concerns what excites him. And uh, this this is obviously, for those that know me out there, is not a hard subject for me to speak on. This may be one of my uh, greatest strengths. So uh, okay, I'll jump right in. There's a guy, Dari Patrick and Mark DeJesus. Sure. I hope that they listen to this sometime. Great shout out to them. Two great kids that I coached, hopefully uh, kind of influenced and mentored while I coached them when I was in Hartford. And one time we were at a college soccer game uh, and there was a college soccer coach, and I walked up to him and started a conversation. Sure. And I looked over, and they were giggling, like giggling, <laughs> laughing. And I walked over and I said, what's so funny? He said, Coach, you will talk to anybody. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, you don't even know him. Like, he's a Division One soccer coach at the time I was coaching high school coach, uh, high school soccer as a high school coach. And he's like, how do you do that? And I said, uh, what do you mean? I don't even know. <laughs> But I think that may be a crucial point for, for, for everybody in it. For me. What I realize is, you know, I, and I work with high-level Division One. I work with NEI coaches. I work with all different people. Here's the truth. People all have fears, all have needs, have all, uh, and, you know, the higher they are up in their professions, they're a little bit more guarded, rightfully so, mm. but they still need somebody to care about. Yeah, yeah. But I think we tend to give to people a higher status and a greater chance of rejection than is actually likely. Yeah, they're not, 
They're not walking out. Most of the people that have been placed in higher places of leadership are not walking around like they're all that in a bag of chips. Well, and it, that's just the, the signs that you shouldn't approach someone are normally very visible. Oh, like there's bodyguards or, you know, um, or it's in the middle of a show and 500 people would storm the stage. Like maybe this isn't the time to do it, but and I have this down here about actually talking to somebody, but I think this is just the case with all of this. One, be yourself. But two, and this is because the way that I was, I think my generation was raised is being, uh, is oversharing. Uh, don't sabotage yourself. Okay. And so when you, when you see somebody and you're like, oh, I could never talk to them. It's like, why not? Don't start, don't start by failing before you even get to try. People out there that are listening, if you can read a book, we've probably mentioned before, Atomic Habits by James Clear. He has a 321 email. I hope someday he gives us a shout out like I'm doing for him here. Uh, but in that yesterday, he just said something about the importance of be yourself. He just said this in his email. And he said, there are going to be people that want you to be different than you are. There's going to be scenarios that are going to come up that are going to want you to be different than you are, know who you are, be grateful for you are, who you are, don't overextend who you are, and don't belittle who you are. Those aren't the exact words. But he's just saying... Pretty good ones, though. Right? Be yourself. Yes. And I think that everybody, by the very nature of Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? So the truth is, you're not wonderful... The wonderful God of all creation made you, thus you are worthy. We are worthy to be able to walk with our heads held high in honor of the one that created us. Well, and I think this is a good point to bring in wisdom as and discernment. I agree with what you said 100%. Where I see people fail is they equate learned behaviors with their own identity. Okay. Elaborate what you mean on that. That's good. People. Well, I just talk like this. Right. They learn to complain from their family or they learn to complain from a friend. They learn different things. Lots of our behaviors are learned that we don't even realize. And we equate them with our gifts and our, our strengths, our weaknesses. And what we do is we say, well, this is just me. This is just the way I am. And so we do refuse to change. And we do refuse. Uh, all I'm saying is it's important to be yourself. You don't want to create a life where you're inauthentic, where you are constantly lying to yourself and to everyone around you. But you also don't want to limit yourself because you're like, well, I'm uh, you're, you naturally talk to people like you connect with people. That's your gift as coach weary. And there are other people who will their whole life struggle with connecting with people that it's not their natural gifting, but to say, I can't connect with people. And, uh, and if I try to do that, I'm being inauthentic is a limiting belief. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with that. We all can get better at things that, you know, one of the things I've learned to get better at that I really struggle with because I am coach weary listening. <laughs> okay. Cause I can go in and start a conversation with some, uh, somebody, but when a player tells me, coach, you don't ever listen. That's 10 years, 15 years ago. That's a gut check. And, um, you know, I just told some other people that I kind of mentor 
that my five uh, words for the month and maybe for longer are listen, learn, live, lead, and love. But none of that occurs until I first listen. Yeah. Listen to God, listen to others and their needs. And again, you can't impact people until you know who they are. You have to understand their paradigm. And by, by the way, their paradigm is often their reality. Where they're coming from, you know, somebody say, well, that's just not how it really is. Well, for them, it is. You may have to walk them out of a dark hole and show them it's not as dark as they think. And you might need to shed some light so that their path will change. But they feel like they're in a dark hole. Yeah. And you can't find those things out without asking questions. Well, and feelings are real. Just because you can change them doesn't mean, like, right. there are a lot of things you can change in life that are still real. So it is important to address them and just not to totally deny them. Um, and I think that, so I wanted to mention this because you, you were talking about this earlier. You're always going to have to know people in order to change them. And I know that or, there or might not be, to change them, but that they would change because I'm not changing anybody. That's actually, that's a great... Correction. No, no, that's <laughs> that's very important because I can't change anybody. I can I have only... a hard time changing myself. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even people are like, well, I'm just going to write a book or I'm going to write uh, code and I'm going to change the world that way. You still need to know if you write a book, you still need to know your audience. So why and are if you, you saying write... that? Tell everybody why you're saying that. Do you code? Yeah, I code and I write. Yes, but even you, even coding, you, you have to know your people. Right, what? so let's tell everybody out there, one of your burdens in life is to see the world change for a better moral value and to do the right thing. That's why you're doing Chasing Leviathan. What's the big picture? That's why you're doing this with me, because we want people to believe there's a way to live life by a moral code. We, you and I, believe it's the Word of God. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. it is. That's the answer. But we want to help people to see this can be done, correct? Uh, what, what can be done that that they can do this and it's a burden and I wouldn't oh, that know they can talk to strangers right well yeah. that they can talk to strangers and and talking to you like that yeah is your love not language because there's only five and that was a book so I can't change that but that is clearly <laughs> your heartbeat that's your heartbeat I want to help so I, how do I know that not unless nobody would know that unless they ask some questions about who you are what you like to do and so forth. Why are you giggling? Well, I mean, uh, I would agree with you with most people. I, I probably would tell make people. the mistake that I, yeah, I would just tell them. What right. I, but, but you know what? I have that tendency too, but yeah. that's because you're, that passion runs deep. Yeah. And don't be afraid to, and I think this is a good corollary. So make sure you're listening right as you start, but also as you're, as you are yourself, don't be afraid to share your big goals. Uh, I saw uh, short YouTube video the other day that self-confidence is just keeping promises to yourself. Hmm. And uh, if I tell somebody that I'm going to ach accomplish this great thing and then I don't do it, I'll look stupid. And that video was a huge help because I realized far more dangerous than disappointing people is worrying about disappointing people and not worrying about disappointing yourself. Is that breaking those promises to yourself and creating habits of failure and disappointment inside yourself. Okay, good. And that helps you as you navigate meeting other people because you got to know, you have to have confidence in what you're doing and who you are and, you know, to, to be able to serve others. It's good. Yeah. 
Uh, so what are some specific ways that this topic can help people? So in terms of career. Okay. So uh, one of the best books I've ever read, um, probably about uh, seven, uh, eight years ago is never eat alone. And, you know, um, that's never been a problem for me to go ahead and have lunch um, and uh, being wise with that. But I would rather eat a meal with somebody and it breaks down walls. Now, somebody would say, well, how's that kind of like talking to strangers? Because I set up a number of meetings with people I've never met before that I'm going to share our ministry or I'm going to share what we do or how we serve. And then even, you know, as I talk about gaining partners in our ministry, but when you get a meal, people seem to just relax a little bit in most cases. And it talks about, it's a great way to use your time. You're going to have to yeah. eat lunch anyhow. And then one of the things that I find best, here's, here's one of the keys. Oh, ask open ended questions. Yes. Don't say, Hey, do you like what you do? Say, Hey, what do you do? Well, let's let's do that as an example. So if you say, if you ask me, hey, do you like what you do? You're gonna I'm say, gonna say yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and that's like, okay. and you're like, I don't understand why do, conversations don't work. Do you have any kids? Yes. <laughs> I no, have two. You yeah, know. And then I'll say, well, how old are they, and what do they love to do? I I always. So how old are your boys, and what do they love to do? They're that, three and six. They love to draw. They love to break things. You know, I mean, these are all... They, they actually, for those who are not listening, we had to put a pause in this. They love to interrupt the podcast. Oh, right? good times. But, yeah. but but what it does, open-ended questions all the time. What do you do? What do you, what do you uh, love to do outside of work? Um, what do you hope to do in the future? What are some desires for that? Tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah. Like, I always ask open-ended questions. And... For listeners out there that are going, man, that's, I guess I could do, I don't know. Man, I've been known to do this on an airport trolley type thing from, at, uh, for those of you that go into Orlando, aka MCO, man, I've had conversations with people like, people like that. By the way, one of the things is when people have got their heads down and they're looking in the phone and they're not, I don't start the conversation because that's what we call, I don't know, annoying yeah, <laughs> but if they're looking ahead, and I've had people, hey, did you come in to go to, 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 to you know, they've got the Mickey ears on. So you guys at Disney for the week? Yeah, where are you from? That's why I'll ask them. Where yeah. are you from? Oh, and nine times out of ten for me. Oh, I've been there. I would. Oh yeah, well we live. Oh, I love. I support them. AKA this team or whatever. Then we go into a conversation. What do you do for for a living? And the only way to make any of this happen, because you're listening to coach talk about this and he's obviously gifted you have to start yeah just like anything else you have to start and you have to practice just go in with a couple of open-ended questions and at first it will seem awkward because it is a trained and learned behavior for most people but go in with a couple questions and you know what um obviously don't go in with the you know, are you pregnant question but yeah. you will ask about kids and someone will be like well my my kid just died last week that might happen to you and you know what? All you have to say is, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've asked, you know, I was here for my dad's funeral. Oh, mm -hmm. man, I'm so sorry. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how did that happen? And how can I pray for you? Yeah. Like, not many people go, I don't want to tell you. Please don't pray for me. They are looking in that moment for empathy. Yeah. And then you can provide it because it's real. Yeah. Um, if you're at a specific point, 
um, where this is possible. I mean, that's the kind of thing. And I understand everyone's financial uh, situation is different. But this is something I learned from you, even when financial times are tough. In that moment, I'll offer, hey, can I get you a drink? Can I get you a coffee at Starbucks? Can I? Yeah. And if you're looking at this and you're like, oh, it's manipulative. It's not manipulative if you're be, if you're uh, be, uh, let me say that again. It's not man, manipulative if you have the other person's best interests at heart. It's not manipulative. So I'm gonna uh, maybe. Right. It's manipulative depending on your motive. Right. And motive if you, you have to trust yourself that you're right. not doing it for that reason. Right. So I'm gonna say this with donors. It's so funny that I mean to to, to our friends out there about. Um, I don't, and I don't even call them donors. I have partners in my ministry with nations of coaches. We live um, by support, okay? And I, I'm grateful for that. And I don't call them donors. Donors, I don't, it's not about the money. It's, they're partners. Any, when I ask for them to get behind me, I'm not asking for the, my cause. It's for the, a life of a young man or a coach who's going through it. And they are partnering with me to help support that person. And every person that I've ever involved in this and asked doesn't have to say yes. And it's okay that they don't. I have a special partner. This guy has been amazing to me. I've literally gotten so close to him that I said to them, and there's some people out there listening to this, how do you do that? It's because it's reality. I've said to him, I consider you a friend. I, I care about you. Sometimes I fear that sometimes I'm talking to you about this because I need your money and I don't want it to be that. My motive is, I want to bless you and me yeah. as I try to take care of my family to do this service. But that's, that, that takes a while to get to that point with a person. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, and it's interesting we're talking about this, went to a game, shared my heart, shared what I'm doing. He asked, he asked me an open-ended question, and the next thing I know, we're, uh, we're raising 10% of what we need to bring in a year. This guy gave us a gift. Shock, shocked me to the, it shocks me to this day. Yeah. Shocks me that that guy, but it's because he talked to a stranger. Yes. He cared about somebody else and he's not, he does care about us, our family, me, our ministry. He's actually on the board now, mm. but he really cared about people, kids, coaches who needed to be mentored and discipled for Christ. And there's a thread running through here in talking with people and in creating right motives. And that, that thread is fear Ooh. that I'm afraid of talking to people. I'm afraid of rejection. I am afraid that I am just in this to manipulate people. I'm afraid that I'm not going to make enough money. So I'm going to manipulate this person so that I can get the money. You have to walk in courage. And that is really the foundation for creating any real relationship. Because if you're it, fear, and, and the, there's, there's, two, there's two reactions to fear, fight or flight, right? So some people, they get enraged and that breaks relationships. Because if you meet a stranger and they do something small, you'll react with, they're trying to hurt me. And they might not even know, or maybe it's just a small thing you can overlook it. I'm, I'm obviously talking small things here. But I th what I see most of the time when someone's struggling with talking to people, it's they pull into themselves. They retract into themselves. And, they're, and that is based in fear. 
And when they do, when they do come out, it's only because they absolutely have to, they absolutely need something. And so you have to have a vision that is bigger than yourself and you have to be willing to walk towards that vision. And that takes courage. So fear is debilitating and fear, there's a song and fear is debilitating and fear is a liar. Mm. Fear is a liar. And um, I think often of this, I'm not sure if I'm kind of taking out of context, but there are numerous verses that but be strong and of good courage. Now God was talking about Joshua as he was leading for kind of a big deal you know, yeah. to the promised land. And we're not talking about, oh, you're going to hit the promised land if you get off of your comfort zone and reach out to people. That's 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 a, beyond a stretch. Well, I can, I actually think there is a corollary, though. I do. You 100% won't get to the promised land if you don't. Whatever that promised <laughs> land is. But, I, but I'm going to say this, too. When you were talking about they close in and so forth, all I could picture is, now, I believe in this time of my life, 59 years old, in the story of the tortoise and the hare. I believe that story more and more. Just slow and steady wins the race. Okay, don't yeah. sprint. However, if you're a fearful turtle and you climb in the shell, you ain't getting anywhere. Yeah. And so if you live, and I know I just said you ain't getting anywhere, it's probably not perfect. I, I, I heard Lisa. I heard Lisa come, <laughs> come yeah. out there. Mama? <laughs> a little southern. But I'm going to say this. If you climb in your shell and you don't keep your legs out and keep moving, and by the way, if you extend yourself with people, there will be times you will get hurt or they will let you down or they will think you have an improper motive or they'll wonder why you're talking to them. Yeah. In my experience of being one of the world's, and that may be a stretch and giving myself too much credit, but those of you that know me, overt, energetic personalities, I would say 95% of the time, it may even be 99, people feel cared about, loved, and are willing to share. And that 1% of the, uh, the, um, the crowd out there, I, I almost want to care for I say, I feel sorry for them because they're the ones that go turtle and they climb in the... Probably because they've been hurt before. Exactly. And hurt people, what? Hurt people, hurt people. Right. And so... But I will tell you, when you get involved in other people's lives, you will see amazing things. You will hear amazing stories. There are amazing journeys out there. And when you talk to other people and you get out of your comfort zone doing it, your life will be invigorated. Yes. More than me invigorating others, they give me, and I don't want this to sound too uh, you know, new age, but they give me energy. They provide me an yeah. A little uh, extra energy, like, uh, uh, and let me. I just want to tag sure. you. I'm sorry. Please tag. No, I'm. That's really good. You said 95 percent of the time it goes well, and I, for those who are particularly interested in this, I think they're going to find that it's less than that. But I think that goes back to self confidence. If you approach somebody and you believe in what you're doing, it will show up in your body language, and that's very important here. If you And that just comes from practice, too. But not being afraid to be rejected and having the self-confidence. People can tell if you're going up and you're like, um, hi. And they're going to look at you and they're going to look at you weird. Practice in a mirror if it's, you know, I, I mean, literally your body language is very important. And there's a lot of good resources for how that plays out. 
but and those are learned behaviors that that sort of body language. So yeah. I just want to add as like a no, I really appreciate tip. you saying that, and I, I'm showing body language as you're talking. They can't see that in the podcast. I'm nodding and agreeing. Actually, I, we got oh, we got a video. Good. Yeah, there. Yeah. All right, there we yeah. go. <laughs> Here's what I would say: um, nine times out of ten, too, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting a belief in their heart that has set them in this fear mode, or they're rejecting someone else. That's already done this to him and hurt yes. them, right? And 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 understandably so. Yes, understand. And by the way, I don't go the same speed with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, when I start to meet somebody, there are some people, man. Like the next thing I know, um, man, this has happened to me in the last month. Hey, well, I I know them. You know them? Yeah, you know them. Yeah, like uh, the, we were uh, in Atlanta, and I was with a fellow who's a, a wonderful man who's very similar in this ability, Kurt Kramer. And both Kurt and I were talking to people, and next thing you know, he knew this guy who knew that guy, and I knew that guy, and we're just all rolling in this uh, journey together and enjoying what God has done in all our lives. And then I've had other people, and I just go, it's a little slower process. And I'll even ask a question, they answer it, and I can kind of tell, that was nice, you can go away now. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. it's not even that, it's, that was nice, where are we going with this? And I wait a little bit longer and I'll go, oh, hey, what about, and they go, oh, and then you go to the next point and it's just, just a little bit slower. And again, as you said, that may take time and experience. It's absolutely what you said. You have to read eyes, body language, and comfort zone. But that's, the, and by the way, those people skills are huge. Yeah, huge, huge for your career, huge for your family. You'll be surprised how it translates to just leadership in all places. Well, I want to jump off of that one. Huge for your career. It may be huge for their career, too. As you're talking to people, you're helping them. Like, I, I don't get paid for this. And I've even joked, I probably should be a headhunter because I've helped people find jobs just because I said, well, I know that guy there. I'll, you know, introduce you to him. That's happened to me here. Yeah. I mean, I have coaches that have said, Peter, you need to meet this guy. He would... uh Love what you guys do with nations of coaches. Yeah. Or you need to meet this guy. He loves what you guys are all about. And I think he'd be interested in this. Yeah. And and that, by the way, is the best way because that's organic friendships. Those are like they come together through other people. And um, even we have said this, and you know, this isn't a podcast about nation of coaches. Um, I'm grateful that you allow me to share that. But right now, when we go to talk to other coaches, we're usually not setting up the appointments. Coaches are letting us set up appointments with other coaches saying, you ought to talk to this guy. And they introduce us. That that can't be measured because there's trust. Yes. And the, that's the important thing is you do have to keep trust once you establish this. Um, and one of those reasons that you have to keep trust or one of those ways to keep trust and one of the ways that you can really burn yourself do think about beforehand about social boundaries. And this is something I have to be especially careful of because I watch the kids most of the time, yep. which means I am often in what have in the past been, uh, or even now, are majority female-led activities. So if I go to the park, I'm often talking with like three other moms. And I'll be honest, the first thing I do is I'm like, oh, my wife would love to meet you guys. Huge that you do that. Huge. It's very important because if I just come up and I just start being friendly, it, it it's awkward. There there are cle well, 
there's a clear motivation there. There when there are other times when the motivation might not be clear, but if someone if a guy comes up to uh, a strange woman and starts talking, you have to establish right away because there is that classic motivation there. You have to establish a hey, you know, no guy, I mean, I, I don't need to get into that, but for the most part, no guy is going to walk up to a woman and be like, hey, I'd like my wife would love to meet you, and then is then going to hit on her. Like, well, that's not how that works. It's interesting you say this because um, who? I don't think anybody told you that. You were just smart enough to figure that out on your own. Well, I, I, I think I had one situation where I started talking to somebody, and uh, I actually think they picked up maybe the wrong signals, and then I, I said something about my wife, and they were like, oh. And I was like, well, no, I actually think... <laughs> Uh, I think it, uh, I think I was coming across. Uh, I was being friendly, and they thought I was. It wasn't necessarily going badly in the other direction, if that makes sense. But and then all of a sudden, I realized I was like, "Wait!" The way she's responding, I'm like, "Oh, hey, you know what? You'd love to meet my wife." No. <laughs> and then she was like, "Oh, okay." And they could see, and that's where, and just let it be subtle, right? Like, I mean, that's not super subtle, but you don't have to be like, "Hey, I'm not hitting on you." Like that would be that's weird, but. Uh, the other thing I do is, you know, like, hey, we'd love uh, for our kids to hang out. Um, can we trade phone numbers? I'm like, let me give you my wife's phone number. Or here, let me t text you. I'm going to put my wife on the conversation. You know, all those sorts of things where you just provide safeguards for the other person so it's very clear what's happening. Uh, when you travel as much as the Lord's allowed me to travel, and there's a lady and you're riding on a plane and you sit down next to her and you start a conversation. Yeah. I, that's incessant. I bring up my wife, bring up the kids. Even if a lady and I will tell you one of my pet peeves, folks are out there that are listeners, please hear a pet peeve of Pete Weary's. When a woman is trying to put her suitcase up in the luggage and she's struggling with it and a guy's behind her and he watches her do it and doesn't help. Let me just say this, that is, will drive me to social drinking real quick. Like, <laughs> I will come out of my... I can't understand that. But if I help that woman, yeah, I will say something like, I know my wife would want this help. Yes. I've just let her know, boundary, yeah. but I am here to help you because you matter. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. So I think it's really good, PJ. That's a great warning. I think there has to be clear boundaries. There probably needs to be clear boundaries in every relationship. You have to read the body language, the heart, and the mind. And you have to know society skills. Yes. And let me, so let me even add to this, that when we talk about, I know some people, oh, I wouldn't help. Like she might get mad because she feels like I'm saying she's weak by putting that up. Or I don't hold the door for ladies because I, I don't want to get, be that guy who holds the doors. One, most women are not going to respond with, oh, how dare you? They're going to say thank you for opening, opening the door. And if someone does say, and this is, you know, um, can't think of a specific instance, but uh, the response is pretty simple. Someone's like, uh, I can get the door myself. I'm like, oh, I hold the door for men too. Now, the important thing is I do hold the door for men too. I hold the door for everybody. I ha like if someone's struggling to get up, I'm happy to help anybody. And that's, and so don't be afraid and just be willing to be helpful. You're, w you're way better than I would. Cause I'd say, oh, I, d I do this for everybody. I'd be glad to do that for, I, I do this for every woman. I'm, and if you, that offends yeah. you, I apologize. I'd say it like that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. man, I'll tell you what, when I walk into a hotel, if there was a maitre d' that opened the door for me, I'd be okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to be like, <laughs> well, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't spe like, I'm sure. not against those sure. specific doing it for a woman, but and, I just, I, I like the idea that we, we should stop being helpful because, and we should stop being friendly because someone might 
get mad at us. You are giving an unknown minority incredible power over your life, yeah. and you are just allowing them to wall you off from the majority of humanity who is dying for connection. Right. So let, let's go with this. This is what I would say to that. We are, we are telling you all the importance, the beauty, and I mean that word, the absolute beauty of connecting with people, whether you know them a little, whether they be strangers, people are amazingly gifts that God has given. I will not allow people who are angry, hurt, and grumpy to control my doing the right thing and being kind and loving. And I believe that the more we are gracious, kind, and loving and act like Christ, it breaks down those walls. I have no agenda. I'm not holding this door to act like I'm better than you. I'm holding this door because I care about you. I'm having this conversation, and that goes back to this. What is my motive? What is my motive? Even, uh, not necessarily beyond that, uh, a different way of thinking about it. We are called to be servants, just as Christ served mankind. Like, we are called to be servants. And that's, you know, what, what's the long, what's the, what's the fuller vision here? The fuller vision is, if you do these things, there are people who are going to hurt you. But you will carry yourself with confidence and you will carry yourself with skill over time if you continue if you continue to just do this with the idea that my goal is not when I meet someone is not to sell them on something. But I know that if I serve them, yes. eventually I'll be part of a like the more you serve other people, the more you'll be part and center of a community yes. that wants what's best for you as well. And that's the long term. It's not it's not transactional in the case of like three or four relationships. It's about creating a web, a, a whole community of people that you have served and then you will be taken care of in turn. We use the word all the time. This, this, this isn't about being transactional. It's about being transformational. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we want to see people change. We want to see them grow in Christ and be better for the kingdom and to be show that love. I mean, it's so... Listen, if this is about transactions, if it's about you, you know. Wrong then, podcast for you. <laughs> no. And, and, and the, the truth is, I believe people will see through that real fast. If people say, yes, people eventually see through uh, manipulative stuff either right away, if you're bad at it, and if you're good at it, it comes out. The whole point of this is, why is it my responsibility to make the world a better place? You know, it doesn't. You can, I mean, I think it is. I think you have a responsibility. But the real answer is, don't you want to live in a better world? Like, yes. Yeah, that's yes. Like, like, I, and like, that's what you're doing. You are creating a better world for yourself to live in, for your kids, for your wife, for your family. If you, you know, you have just like brothers and sisters or your parents, you're creating a better world. So if you will talk to others and show a motivation of love and kindness, you too can sing. Aladdin song. <laughs> no. A whole new world. That's the best you're going to get out of me. That's actually not the best. That's what you're going to get out of me. It's not the... But no, oh, it's no. true. <laughs> you think Joe cut that out? No, uh, no. He's going to use that as the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? So we're laughing, and I want to say this. I don't know if you and I can create a whole new world. We can't. It's a big world. But I can create a whole new block. Yeah. I can. I can change... Um, my 
my impact could change one or two lives for the kingdom. I'm good with that. Yeah. But I know this much being Mr. Grumpy Pants and not showing kindness, not showing love, not asking people open into questions and find about who they are. I'm deterring the opportunity to impact the world. Yeah. You're souring the block. No, no question. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was, this is great. Thanks. Appreciate you. Love you.